I have no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That battle who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks studios made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic crazy fans that leave no real of fun. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film. All of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. <laughs> Welcome to Film History, the, the History of Film. All right, I got part three coming for you guys of Marlon Brando. Who? Uh, you know, who? 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 You know, what you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's at the end of every episode for you guys who listen all the way to the end. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't, keep listening. There's yeah. something after the credits, after the theme song is straight going. <laughs> In other words, season two, should we have a different end tag? Man, should I really like the end. We're okay. gonna we're we're working on the new intro, everyone. Yeah. The new the theme song is gonna change here pretty soon. Yeah, we're gonna update it for we're gonna update audiences. it. Yeah, because we still got we we still got some stuff in the theme song that was there from the very beginning. We, we'll, we'll include some memes. We'll include some memes. We'll include some of your favorite moments. Yeah, can Back to the Cag make its way into the intro? Yeah, Back to the Cag's okay. got to be in there. Yeah. Okay. When are we? When, when are, are we? we? Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know, okay. I like the the evolution of the show because it definitely has become. We have our things. Mm-hmm. You know, we've yeah. got our segments. I think yeah. I've talked about this already. Mm-hmm. I probably have. I'm already. I'm always on edibles when I do this show, so mm-hmm. I don't remember shit. But uh, <laughs> we have like certain segments. You know, we got When Are We? We got uh, we got back to the CAG. We got the inflation calculator. The inflation calculator yeah. has lasted the whole show. Yeah. That was from episode one. Yeah, nearly every episode. Yeah, that's like our yeah. trademark, probably. Yeah. We mm. should definitely do some merch with the inflation calculator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. the old inflation calculator. Can we sell inflation calculators? Can yeah. Sell, can, we, can we have a partnership with the T-800 or whatever the fuck? <laughs> Texas Instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. T-87. <laughs> we'll get Texas Instruments to make us an inflation calculator film history branded. Yeah, yeah I yeah. love this. They Texas don't instruments. The, they don't have the capacity. They're making all the computers for Trump's nuclear codes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they made the computers that they found in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, yeah. Texas sure. Instruments, the only calculator that sounds like a Terminator. Like a Terminator. <laughs> TI-2000. TI-87. Um, but this is part three of Marlo Brando. Uh, Marlo Brando. Little Brando, baby. Mm-hmm. Part one, we brought you through Baby Brando. Part two, we brought you through Broadway Brando. Broadway, Broadway Brando. Broadway Brando, baby. Make me an artist. Make uh, me an artist, Brando. <laughs> whip out that belt, daddy, and make me an artist. I'll make you an artist <laughs> you can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> And part three today, I'm going to tell you about movie star Brando. And full disclosure, this will be a four-part series. At least. least. Brando (laughs) is a thick boy, let me tell you. There is so much to tell about this guy. And uh, part three, I'm going to tell you about him becoming a movie star, but that hardly even covers, you know, 
like his whole career. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to go into his whole career, this would have had to be a three-hour episode. So fuck it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm gonna make it a two-parter, baby. Are, yep. are we going to get to the time period of the Oscars and the Godfather in this episode? We are. That before we are going. Four? We're gonna end right before that. We're gonna begin part four with that. Whoa. That is okay. what part four will begin with because Whoa. that will begin. The 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 elderly Brando. The elderly Brando. I won't even say dark the, Brando. I won't say the descent into madness. I will oh. say the ascent into madness. Whoa. Yes, Brando. Dark Brando into dark. Brando. Dark Brando has risen. Yeah, dark Brando has risen. Uh, I watched <laughs> some documentaries last night, and boy, things got interesting. Whoa. Um, yeah. Also, part three, this is going to be a little loosey-goosey today. We have been busy as fuck. Uh, Everybody's been busy. I've been so fucking busy, I can't breathe through my eyeballs anymore. No. Um, So part three is going to be a little bit... We're going to go as we flow. Yeah. Heavy flow. Look, part part one was technically a week late. Don't think about it too hard. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Yeah. It's gone. You're doing great. It's already had... Oh, yeah. We're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Season two, off to a strong start. Deb, you know what? Everyone artists, who's doing right? great. Let us <laughs> we're be artists, artists, damn it. Yeah. Everyone who's doing great says we're doing great. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I love how season one didn't miss a week. Right. Season two, we've missed like eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We missed all the weeks immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we've technically started season two because we missed a week. But, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. We don't have to tell the audience that. What am I doing? Oh, yeah. Peek behind the curtain. There's uh, always meant to be a season two. <laughs> don't look behind the curtain. The fun thing about season two is the unpredictability. Yeah, the unpredictability. You're always surprised. Speaking of unpredictability, I'm going to bring you some punch-ups to part two that I forgot. Ah, I I love these. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I dig Mm punch-ups. I don't hate them. You yeah. know, give you a little bit more. I love from punching two. up. I love punching up. Mm-hmm. Don't punch down. No, so that's that's in poor taste. Exactly. Here at Film History, the history of film, we only punch up. We only punch up. That's right. So Brando's <laughs> was a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Brando oh, would only thing? punch My up. Bad. Right. Brando would only punch up when it was time to punch his father back in the face, you know, Uh, because first and foremost, I would like to add his dad was a bit more abusive than I reported previously. More Uh, abusive? More abusive. His dad turns out uh, what he was dodging beer bottles in the kitchen, just like Cag. Whoa. I think I said in part one, like, at least he wasn't dodging beer bottles. Turns out he was. His dad liked to slap him around a bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, And his dad's going to come back up in part four because they reunite. His dad helped him run his production company later on in life. Whoa. Yeah. Very weird. They were going like late night talk shows together and kind of like hate each other on TV but run a business together. It was all very strange. Like fucking Three Stooges <laughs> skit? Like, it was yes, the fucking... Basically. It was like Three Stooges except for way sadder. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, there was only two of them. There was only two of them. There was only two Stooges. Oh. And, That's uh, why they but, fucked up. They needed one more Stooge. They needed one more stooge. Well, I mean, they did pick up their mom off a bar stool every night. She <laughs> I guess been, that's the third stooge. She, she was the third stooge. She might have been the original stooge. She might have been the first stooge, actually. Uh, no, I won't call. I, I won't call that woman a stooge. I still have all the love for her. Side I still note, say she was just a drunk, uh, drunk artist. Just, you know, just make me a drunk artist. Make me a drunk artist. Uh, side note: Are they worth doing an episode on one day? Who? The Three Stooges? Eh, yeah, sure. Did they do anything, or they were just a group? 
They're, no, they did stuff. I mean, those like, dudes, to be fair, like, I will, I'm not very into it, but then again, I'm not from that time period, I guess. <laughs> the humor just didn't quite last. The, but, the yeah, I mean, those, <laughs> those dudes were, like, at one point, probably the highest paid act in the entire fucking world. I mean, like, we those could dudes. do probably, like, Abbott Costello and the Three Stooges as That like, would be cool. It would be this, like, that era of comedy. Yeah, like, early the, sketch. They were yeah. cartoon characters before yeah. they were cartoons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or what? Well, there, there was, was already cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. there was cartoons already. They were like the first like live action cartoon. Okay, and also like I said, I mean, yeah, it would be worth doing an episode because the amount of fucking money those dudes pulled in. They were really? like, they were they were a franchise. Those bits so are funny. still used today. Same with Abbott Costello. Like you know, people do variations of their bits all the fucking time, and just nobody knows right. it. Like how many yeah. times have you seen a Who's on First bit? All yeah, that, like, and it's in every TV comedy or you know, stupid yeah, kid those, comedy movie. Oh, whatever. they 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 starred that. Yeah, who's yeah. on first? Yeah. But dude, uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the writer who also did, uh, you know, Gilmore Girls or no, not Gilmore. No, yeah, Gilmore Girls. Yeah, yeah the showrunner. Uh, that's uh, Abbott and Costello humor, like very like snappy, fast uh, play on words. And there's still there's even if you're not literally doing who's on first, like there's so many things that just like are like are literally that just with different words. Yeah, like Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld was Abbott and Costello, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Just like miscommunication, you know, turns into uh, meet the Fockers, like Ben Stiller, yeah. a lot of Abbott yeah. and Costello. Dude, where's my car? What's on my back? Yes, dude. Yes, yeah, that's What's exactly right. Nice, exactly. dude. So like Abbott and Costello, and, and I would say probably more so in the Free Three Stooges, but they were. If you want to do an SAT test question, Abbott and Costello are to comedy as. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons are to video games. Hell okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I'll, we'll do this episode. See, Dev, that's the language I can understand. There you go. See, we, too, we're, learn, we're learning how to communicate better. That pitch just got me to agree to it. Mm-hmm. We will. We will do Abbott and Costello and the Three Stooges and that whole like era. That'd cool. be very cool. I mean, I'm definitely yeah. down for that. It, it would be some jolly vibes after this yeah. depressing-ass oh. fucking Marlon Brando Absolutely. Uh, also, uh, um... Oh, the duo, Dev. Uh, big fat guy and the skinny guy. Uh, Lloyd and Kaufman or whatever. Uh, the one who punched his wife to the moon? The one who beat his wife to the moon? The no, one who wait. mercilessly like who just beat her until she was dead for, for like for laughs. Beat her into hamburger meat um, <laughs> for laughs. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that guy was different. <laughs> that guy was different. The honey, the honeymooners or whatever yeah, that was yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's like one of these days, Alice. I'm gonna beat you until you fucking bleed to death, you fucking bitch. Uh, I remember that was on the show. That was yeah, on the yeah, episode. Yeah. Laurel and Hardy. That would be another going to cover. Yeah, Laurel and Hardy when they're like one of these days you're gonna swallow your fucking teeth woman. I mean we could just um, do like the history of comedy duos because you got like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby Dean Martin Jerry yes. Lewis yes. Uh, Steve Coogan and Rob Byrdren Cheech and uh, Chong Gene Wilder Richard Pryor yeah, oh yeah. One yeah. of these days the neighbors aren't gonna be home to yeah. fucking break us yeah. up. Yeah, one of okay. these days I'm gonna put a gun behind a pillow so nobody fucking hears it and I'm gonna blow those brains all over the fucking refrigerator. Cue <laughs> the laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, ooh. Oh, you're so silly. <laughs> Alright, while we're talking about punch ups, uh, <laughs> 
I guess he was punching down in that instance. He was punching his wife. Uh, also, speaking of people who punch, I also wow. wanted to add... Depends on the wife. <laughs> it depends on... <laughs> speaking of people who punch, I also wanted to add that uh, Marlon, while he was doing Streetcar Named Desire on Broadway, uh, there was a very important piece that I didn't even know about he actually based Stanley Kowalski, he based his character on a very famous boxer of the era named Rocky Graziano. Uh, Dev, I'm sure you've heard that name. That's who I'm, that's who one of the boxers that Rocky and Rocky is based on. That Sylvester oh, okay. Stallone based him on as well. Um, he based Stanley Kowalski a lot on Rocky Graziano. He would go to like boxing gyms in New York and he would see him and he began to like, you know, he did his thing. He would mimic people. He would like, he was very much, that was part of his method is he was very much like, take on your traits. I'm going to wear your skin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to wear your fucking skin. That's what he said in that show too. He's like, I'm going to skin you alive one day and I'm going to wear it around the house. You got some tight skin there, boy. You got some tight skin there to the point where (laughs) he sent Rocky tickets to opening night. Uh, for this fucking show without telling him like I based this character on you he was just like just come see me you know (laughs) so Rocky Graziano he was like okay well free tickets to a Broadway show why not and also he's a famous boxer it's not very uncommon for him to get a gift you know what I mean like everybody wants this dude to come to everything in New York so Mm -hmm. he's like fuck it I'll go see this show and he said he went to go see this show and uh, he was he let me see. Where did I write this? He says, the curtain went up and on the stage is that son of a bitch from the gym and he's playing me. <laughs> That's amazing. He's like, I ain't raped nobody. <laughs> I ain't raped nobody. That you all right. can prove, yeah, all right? You don't know me. You don't know my life. <laughs> but dude, like imagine he goes to fucking opening night and this dude is just like basically doing an impression of him all night. You know. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, imagine being in a in a, in a movie because, like, because it doesn't dawn on you right away. It's like a slow thing that like yeah. creeps in. It's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is he doing me? Is he doing me? Is this is this how I sound? <laughs> and then fucking later on in life, Sylvester Stallone would do like the same shit. He, this dude just basically. So that wait, so that guy actually sound like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a punch drunk like you know boxer. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, from New yeah. York. Yeah. He fucking he didn't know how to read anything but the nuclear launch codes, you know, <laughs> at Mar-a-Lago. Um, <laughs> also, uh, I like them because they got pictures. <laughs> also, the the question that we have for a lot of these old actors is: Did they drink? Did they party? Did they hang out? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we were talking about. So I did kind of find out the method of, of how Marlon Brando partied. He okay. he did. He was very much a partier. Mm-hmm. Marlon Brando was the type. Uh, he did like a drink or two, but when he was young, dude, imagine how fucking hot this is, by the way. Let me set a scene for you. Marlon would get off stage of whatever Broadway shit he was doing, like streetcar. He would go out front, and he would hop on his fucking motorcycle. He'd put on a, that plain white t-shirt that everybody fell in love with. He would put that shit on, hop on his bike, have like a beer in hand on his bike, and he would just cruise around New York, and he would stop into all the nightclubs and just, like, fuck everybody. Like, the dude would just go around on his motorcycle and drink at every, like, cool-ass nightclub and fuck everyone in New York. He said he would hop around clubs and apartments. And wow. just, like, the dude was 
uh, he, there was no one in New York that didn't get fucked by Marlon Brando during this time period. There's no doubt about every it. Every elevator girl. Every, every uh, elevator boy. Yeah. There's 1,000% some children out there who are Marlon Brando's who didn't know it. I That's, guarantee. Yeah. No, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's okay. It's that, you know what the kind of tracks? It's like... It's, it's as much fun as you can have about having friends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? He was more of a loner. Yeah. He, he wasn't a group guy. Yeah, he didn't throw he didn't throw back a cold one with the boys. Right. But he threw back a but cold he, one with... He threw back a hot one into the girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was Brando, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yep, yeah. yep. Leaving, um, his, leaving his Brando everywhere. He actually... He also had a thing when he got drunk. Uh, he would just sometimes lay down in the street and fall asleep mm-hmm. and uh he said in new york he started doing it very early even before he was famous uh he liked to just sleep in the streets of new york sometimes and he said no one would bother you he's like if you're like s- snuggled up on a sidewalk somewhere with like a blanket over you usually nobody would even care yeah, you know? yeah. so sometimes he liked to just sleep in the streets that's that's you hysterical know? so no like on the sidewalk care, though. though the fucking rats <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't get eaten by a fucking rat. (laughs) He's got pizza rat coming over there. Well, so like not like in the middle of the street, like the sidewalk. The sidewalk. He wouldn't just like pass out in the middle of an intersection, right? And like just no, it just happens to have no one running him over. I mean, look, it depends on the the cars. They just drive around you if you're. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, he kind of could, you know. I mean, it is whatever, but also. He says this, but also I know he didn't do this very many times. I know he didn't do this very frequently because the man was never not sleeping with someone. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was also like constantly. He 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 was basically. He did not have a home really because he was that's, just sleeping in apartments every night. That's right. Yeah. yeah. While the, the original bang for roof. Exactly. Yes. He founded. He started that. Whole yeah. Thing. Like yeah. the dude would just fall asleep in some chick or dude's mm-hmm. apartment that night. Whoever had the softer bed. Yeah. Now, part of these punch-ups is this did come to a head uh, when he started studying with Stella Adler. When he started studying with Stella Adler, Stella Adler said, uh, you can't just be homeless. You can't. You you need to focus. Like, you are all over the fucking place. I see you leave on your fucking motorcycle every night. And he said he would be on his bike until the sun came up, just going around New York, you know. Uh, and she Sounds was like, you awesome, need to... Dude, the fucking and you're doing a Broadway show at the time. This is not like you're broke and a loser. This is like you are a rich, famous Broadway actor going around New York on your motorcycle. You know, yeah, in the fucking. I know, dude. I, I I imagine it was like a Triumph. That's what I see him on. Like definitely like an old Triumph motorcycle. Some street cafe racer. Yeah, for sure. Stella Adler. You know, didn't want him to do this anymore. Didn't want him to basically be this like fucking <laughs> bohemian uh, fuck machine, um, and want him to actually be an actor at some point. And uh, so he moved in with her and her family. Actually, he okay. lived with Stella Adler for a while, Whoa, like okay. uh, like an a, like adopted kid style. Like slept in a bedroom wow. and ate breakfast with her and her kids and her husband and shit. Whoa. You know, or whoever. I don't know if she had a husband at the time, but. Uh, uh, Stella Adler's a whole. That'll be a whole episode. Cool. That'll be like a whole like fucking. That'll be saga. Six parter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. That'll be our um, next fourteen parter. By the way, she looked like a fucking movie star. Like, do you think you ever fucked her? 
I hope so. Mm-hmm. And if they did, I hope there's at least if there's an audio recording of it, I would jerk off to that. Um, <laughs> there's like a telegraph. Like, <laughs> if there's, if it's someone just was doing artist rendition of <laughs> please sketch, if they had a record playing in the corner, I would jerk off just to the vinyl in my hands you know what i mean just it probably absorbs some of their like sex sweat their sex vapors you know Uh, (laughs) if it absorbed any of their vapors i'm coming um so (laughs) that's so funny that's actually a perfect place to put us into part three of marlon brando's segment that we like to call when are we Nineteen fifty. We are in nineteen fifty. I'm sure. Once again, I'm sure we have talked about this year before, but we're going to talk about it again today. This is uh, this is the year of the commies, boys. Hell yeah. <laughs> nineteen fifty was uh, you know when when we started this whole Broadway thing in part two. World War Two was the most important headline. I would say the most important headline of nineteen fifty is the Red Scare has begun. Communism is spreading uh all across this democratic nation damn it damn. um <laughs> this is the year the oh, korean darn. what's that I said, oh darn oh darn this is the year the korean war gets kicked off north korea invades south korea china basically says yes keep going north korea here's some money to do so we're gonna spread this communism china also this is when they invaded tibet at the time, or, you know, probably for, like, the 18th time in a yeah, row. that's still a thing, um, right? That's still a thing. They yeah. still do that. Hong Kong, shout out. Uh, shout this was Oh, boy. Well, we'll never be aired in China, I guess. Uh, hey, was, you know, <laughs> none of my business. No, no, John Cena will never come on as a guest. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever they got to do. <laughs> um, whoever they you want they to be in that sentence, you can apply that. Damn them. right. Whatever they got to do. Damn whatever, right. Whatever you think they is, good on you. <laughs> that's who they are. <laughs> This was the year that McCarthy really got to work. Like, McCarthyism started, uh, and he was fighting that communist menace. It's like a hate Trumbo. Yep, hate Trumbo, sending him to prison. Uh, John Wayne is is my bodyguard. He's my lackey, you know. This is when all that good stuff goes down. But in, in other news, sports news... The New York Yankees win the World Series over Philadelphia, 4-0, and Chuck Cooper becomes the first African-American to be drafted into the NBA in 1950. Whoa. Yeah. What a boring sport that was before that. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of white dudes. Yeah. Yep. You saw Flubber. That's what it looked like. Is uh, that the one with the, the, the green? Yeah. Green jiggly the, the bouncy ju- The bouncy goo. The bouncy shoe goo. Does that have anything to do with basketball? Yeah, he put it, he, that was how he like he put it on some basketball player shoes oh. and they were jumping around like crazy. Now it's starting to come back. That's one of those movies that like I remember the VHS cover. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah I don't yeah. remember anything else about that movie. That's pretty much all you need to remember okay, about cool. that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, in other news, 1950. This was the this was known as the TV boom. Um, so 1950. 14 million television sets were sold in the U.S. in 1950, increasing the number of television sets by 10 at the time. So, 
you know, before this, it was like 140,000 would get sold. This was now 14 million in one year. The prices of TVs were set, uh, the prices of TV sets ranged from 150 to $1,500. And through the old inflation calculator in 1950, that was anywhere from $1,800 to $18,000 for a television set. That's what people were paying uh, at this time. Yeah. Still the same. I mean, it, pretty much. But I mean, <laughs> if you buy it, if you buy an eighteen thousand dollar television, no, I hope you bought a fucking movie theater. That's, yeah, that's unreal. That's, that's ridiculous. That's I mean, like an expensive TV's eight grand. You know yeah. what I mean? You're telling me you're paying ten k more than that? Yeah. They calculated the hours of television watched in nineteen fifty, and it was greater than the hours uh, that children went to school that year. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Was, which was coming from lobbyists who were against TV. Uh, they wanted you to know that. They wanted you to know that you're rotting people's brains already. So, they, they, so they put their ads on TV. They put their ads on TV. Or no, I don't know. They probably, no way. In 1950, they would have never gotten through like the U.S. Steel Company or whoever was running oh, yeah. TV. The cheese company. They're like, hey, turn this thing off. <laughs> Kraft Cheese would never let you put that ad on there. Um <laughs> Notable people born in 1950, Bill Murray, John Candy, Stevie Wonder. They're all being born this year. Uh, James Dean is on your television set at the time. Not very famous yet. This is the year that he did that Pepsi commercial that we were talking about that basically like began his whole career. That was this year, 1950. Movies of the year, Sunset Boulevard. It's all about Eve. Uh, two legendary films. If you haven't seen those, go watch them. Sunset Boulevard is William Holden and Gloria Swanson. Gloria Swanson plays an old, washed-up, silent film star. It's an incredible movie. <laughs> All About Eve is Ann Baxter and Betty Davis. Betty Davis plays the washed-up film star. It's incredible. <laughs> they were doing a lot of movies this year about washed-up film stars because, you know, the industry is a-changing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's... Things gonna change. Goes the time, goes the cycles. It was, everything was cycling. Yeah. Songs yeah. of the year are Bunch A Bushel and X. a Peck, which is that song. Uh, <laughs> Goodnight Irene, very good song. And Mona Lisa, those are the three songs of the year. And uh, also... Wait, oh, real quick, of the movies, which one of those do you think I've seen? I, I don't think you've seen either, either of those. No, you ha- you've probably seen Sunset Boulevard. Nope. Really? I've seen all about Eve. You've seen all about Eve? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! When did you yeah. watch that? Uh, was it on TV one day? No, at uh, <laughs> film history class in high school. Nice. I dude. think it's on that shelf actually. Wow. I really liked all about Eve. Dude, that's one of my favorite movies. Holy oh, shit! Alright, yeah, man. That movie's uh, if you're into film history, go watch that movie because yeah. that movie's all about film history. It's all about uh, Eve. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> Eve. Marilyn Monroe makes a small <laughs> yeah, appearance yeah, in that. Yeah, 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 man. Is Holy it, shit. Uh, it's a story you also just like see play out in life a lot. For sure, mm. uh, new blood yeah. in the industry, you know, and then someone who's way too caught up on thinking that they're being pushed out of the industry, and they wind up pushing themselves out because of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 dude, all about Eve's one of my favorites, man. It's, never, never knew you saw that shit. Great. Hell yeah, yeah. I've seen, a, I've seen a bunch actually. Nice. I go back to it every every once in every once in the moon. <laughs> uh. But also, just to kind of put you at where we're at in 1950, the book of the year is Across the River and Into the Trees by Hemingway. 
So we're still Hemingway's getting still fucking around? Hemingway. I thought Hemingway lived in like 1843. Nah, bro. No. That was, uh... I thought Hemingway was like 1618. <laughs> no, man, I he died. Hemingway was a caveman. He died in 61. In 1461? <laughs> he died fucking the same year as Kennedy. Didn't wow. Kennedy die in 61? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of them got shot in the head. Was Whose it? head blew up first? <laughs> <laughs> was, was Who Hem- died worse? Was, was Hemingway also a fan of automobiles and an enemy of the CIA? Actually, he yes. Was, he was a fan of guns, too. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. He absolutely was an enemy of the CIA. That dude was, like, in Cuba, like, when we were, like, at war with those Whoa. fuckers. Yeah, oh, was dude. he... Was, those was, fuckers, I have to say. Like, was he part of the the, the, <laughs> the Red Scare? No, he would go... He was see, in Cuba before Castro came to power. Yeah, yeah. And he and wrote all about Castro. Batista was, like, a fucking dictator that was corrupt and that would just, like use the military to rule and like get pay bribes and pay on so he would go down there and like hang and do fishing and, and hang at the right. bars and do all that shit but you gotta remember like he had a place in the keys and the keys in cuba are 90 like it's an hour boat ride yeah you can see shit. cuba you know, from it's the like keys. two hours yeah. an hour and a half two hours yeah it's yeah it's not like that's a far trip it's yeah. almost like you know we're going from it's closer than being like oh i'm in la i'm going to san diego there's a movie about Hemingway that I really liked. It was called, uh, you know, they called him like Papa or whatever. Uh, <laughs> wait, I'm gonna find it. Wait, who? who I know what you're talking about. I thought you were gonna yeah. say Hemingway and Gilhorn for a second, and I'm like, no, please, God. <laughs> there was a movie. It was uh, Papa Hemingway in Cuba. It's Giovanni Ravisi and uh, Mika Kelly, actually. And it was about this journalist who goes and like stays with Hemingway for like a week or two while Hemingway was in Cuba. It, like just drinking himself into a fucking craze. Uh, very good movie. Whoa! Yeah, Hemingway was a very he was a he was a he was a troubled man. He was a troubled man. Um, and you don't <laughs> we'll, say. We'll we'll talk about our troubled man now. Uh, that was that was when are we? Now you know where we are. It seems uh, like all these troubled dudes relate to each other and are fans of each other. Like Hunter S. Thompson, <laughs> his favorite writer was Hemingway. You yeah, know, like Johnny Depp's favorite writer was Thompson. Yes, like all my favorite writers are Thompson and Hemingway. I'm yeah, fucking you crazy. Your favorite writer is is Johnny Depp. Yeah, I mean yeah. he did those those texts were pretty well written. You know, I amazing. Yes, keeps going up the tree. But yeah, have you listened to his music? Is that man any oh, good at no. whatever I, he's doing? I don't want to hear it because okay. I'm sure he's terrible. Yeah. You know, there's just no way he's gonna be good. He was. Um, you guys are crazy. He was a musician before he was an actor. I know, I know, but that was when he was like 17. That'd be like playing his guitar in the garage and be like, I was a musician first. It's like you were on 21 Jump Street, bitch. Shut up. You guys start <laughs> discovered by the Coppolas for God's sakes. Like, I didn't even want to be an actor as a guitar player. I was like, fuck you. Um, so this was also the year that Brando, back to the CAG, this was also the year that Brando gets his first film role, y'all. 1950, Marlon Brando played a, <laughs> I should not be laughing during this, he played a bitter paraplegic veteran in a movie That's called... hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> In a comedy. He played it in a comedy in 1950. 
<laughs> he plays a which uh, makes it parable. even more funny. Like you think, like you hear paraplegic, you're like drama, sad. Like no, no, no. <laughs> buddy cop oh, no. movie. Oh you know, no, like, this what? was this was no comedy. This was a very, very sad, depressing movie called The Men in 1950. Which I did a movie called The Men, you know, back in the day, but it was way different. That was just for rent money. But uh, this guy, Marlon, man. Of course, being the method man that he is, uh, spends a fucking month in a bed in a hospital, like, being paraplegic. (laughs) The the only way that he moves around for, like, a month is on a fucking wheelchair. He severed his own spine. (laughs) Yes, dude. He literally, they said he stayed at the Birmingham Army Hospital in Van Nuys, being, like, a paraplegic veteran. With real paraplegic veterans. I was about to say, like, if I was and an actual paraplegic veteran, I'd be so pissed. So I'd be I like... Beat the shit out of him in the middle of the night <laughs> and actually make him a paraplegic. I'd be like, you gotta you be s- fucking yeah, kidding me, you disrespectful person coming in here, pretending to not walk. All I want to do is walk, bitch! <laughs> He's a fucking, and he would, dude, oh, he would talk about it too, man, and he would be like, these guys, they're really, uh, they're angsty, and a lot of their angst comes from them not being able to have sex, and it's like, this fucker would be in there pretending to be paraplegic with these dudes who can't fuck, and meanwhile, you know he's just trolling the street at nights on his motorcycle, just going to, like, fuck everyone in town, and coming back at night and be like, oh, I'm paraplegic. Just you guys. We're all in this together. He fucks somebody on that hospital bed. I bet Absolutely. You he banged one of those nurses. He banged like one of those nurses. Everybody couldn't get up and leave the room. They had to lay in their beds and sit there. Fucking he banged hell. one of the nurses. Away. He banged one of the nurses on a paraplegic guy. Yeah. Like, so what are you going to do? Go? Are you going to walk away? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take a walk. This is the most action uh, I've had in six years. Yeah, the guy loved it. He's like, yeah. I don't know. Your brother, uh, just fuck on me. Why not? It's most. <laughs> fuck on me. Fuck on me. Uh, but of course, you know, he goes all out. He gets this, like, Oscar worthy fucking performance as the paraplegic veteran. Uh, and he was just like, at this point, he was really sold on, I did the right thing, I'm a method guy. Like, uh, after the paraplegic experience, he uh, he actually threw a little bit of shade to our boys. So, he was talking about the old school way of acting, the Bogey and Cagney way of acting. He called Bogey and Cagney crunchy Fruit Loops, who played the same role every time. <laughs> I mean, hey... You know, I'm, I'm actually just more impressed that they had Fruit Loops back then. <laughs> I, know, I thought the same thing, Deb. I was like, they had Fruit Loops. I was like, there's no way he's talking about the cereal. That's got to be a slang for yeah for gay people. Or yeah, something. for gay people. Yeah, which yeah. he was like fucking paraplegic men. So, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was fucking all the all the, the, the man doctors on these paraplegic men. But um, dude, oh go ahead. But but. Uh, I mean, also, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, no, I hear him. I hear what he's saying. Uh, I love uh, the Cagney, Humphrey, you know, yeah. days, and I and they did. You know, there's many actors that do the same thing. Yeah. George Clooney has never not played George Clooney. Mark you Wahlberg know. is this, Mark this Wahlberg. We talked about this on this show. He's before. just Mac. I, I'm never mad at someone who finds their thing. You know, he's yeah. just Mac. What's that? What happened to the trees? What happened to the bees? Um, <laughs> but uh, but dude. 
Another thing happened with Brando after doing this fucking movie. So now he really understands the plight of, you know, the paraplegic man. And uh, also he spent all this time with these veterans, these military veterans. So he actually went and got a fucking surgery on his trick knee. He went and got his trick knee fixed so that he could uh, change his draft status from 4-F to 1-A. So he became draftable in 1950. Why? Because he... he was he super gassed on the over. Korean War? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the was, war was over, but I think he didn't realize that the Korean War was going to become for real, for real. You know, I don't know. Well, well, like, are you super gassed on the Korean War? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's time to go. Time are to go, just baby. Like, you're just like, oh, God, the, the thing that's going to make me fix this trick knee is... The Korean the War. Korean War. Maybe, maybe this is like maybe this is hindsight vision because it's like we just never talk about the Korean War. Yeah, like of the Forgotten all, War. Yeah, of all the wars in American history, it's like I'm a big fan of the Korean one. And it was it's like gnarly. It was yeah. so gnarly, and people don't talk about it. Korean War had Damn. had like parts of it that were just like World War II and Nam. Wow. Like, yeah. Really. Yeah. Fucking... yeah did Nam, when did Nam kick off? Nam was in uh, like 5960. Okay, so I mean, it was it wasn't. That soon, like, like there wasn't any crossover, was there? Like Korea was over. No, there was. Uh, Korea was absolutely a part of what Vietnam had been occupied by the French because the French were also uh, on the anti-communism kick, Um, and that was the French lost to the Viet Cong, and we came in and took over. Yeah, yeah. Like I would the, argue we also lost the we Viet lost. Cong. The French and America both yeah. got pushed out by, yeah, the, yeah, the Viet Cong. Who, but, it was, uh, it was Ho Chi Minh, right? Yeah, Ho Chi Minh, dude. Ho Chi Minh One of the most, if we can do, I would love to do a Patreon episode on that guy. Talk about a fucking historic figure. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, but no, so Brando. Our rice patties run red. <laughs> Brando I don't know fucking. Uh, that war. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying words. It was a horrible. War. I don't know what context. It was a terrible place to be. Yeah. A lot of weed being smoked. A lot of LSD. Well, now you're uh, selling me. Yeah, watch Apocalypse Now with Marlon Brando. Uh, when, when, so Brando gets his trick knee fixed. He's ready to go to war now. He's ready to go to Korea. Uh, he actually reported to the fucking induction center. And they said that he he answered this questionnaire by saying he marked race, you know, where they ask you your race. He marked his race was human. His color. That's hilarious. <laughs> what a fucking snowflake back in 1950. His race was human. His color was seasonal oyster, white to beige. That's what he wrote. Like, was he trying to be progressive or was he just an idiot? I think he was. I think he was trying to fuck with them. He's trying to fuck with them. He was really weird. Like, Marlon Brando was an extremely weird guy. High weirdness, high strangeness with this guy. Watch any of his... Watch the documentary that I actually watched last night. It's called Listen to Me, Marlon. Um, And it was... It's a documentary with a, like, hours... Talks for his fish. What? About a man who talks to his I mean, fish? Uh, I mean, he was talking to either a fish or no one. Uh, it's basically hours of audio recordings of just Marlon Brando going off into a into a tape recorder, and they talk about his life during it. Yeah, and it's like throughout his whole life, it's what? amazing. He he had a tape recorder that he would just every now and then click on and just talk into, and oh boy, was it nonsense. It was not nonsense. It was like. 
Hunter S. Thompson. I mean, like, he was a lot like that. Like, the stuff he said was very, some of it was extremely, like, resonant, extremely profound. Some of it was very, like, high poetic. But also, some of it was just like, okay, you've lost the thread. You know, now you're just, like, I, you're talking into a void or talking to your fish, like you said, yeah. you know. Um, but it's still, highly, highly recommend it if you want to kind of know who this guy was. What's his name? Uh, it, it, I found it on HBO, I think. It's either okay. on HBO or Amazon or Peacock or, or, or Apple Bay. or YouTube or Netflix <laughs> or Paramount or Disney+. Plus. It's one of those. Stars? Stars. It might be on Stars. Showtime? Miramax, Cinemax, Skinemax, Showtime. Curiosity Stream? Yeah, probably Curiosity. Uh TikTok, you know. Uh, TikTok the, Plus? It's, you know where you can find it? In the Mar-a-Lago files that the FBI yeah, just uncovered. Right next to That's where, codes, yeah. yeah. I actually watched it on some of the uh, uncovered files from Mar-a-Lago. The Mar-a-Lago um, files. <laughs> For only 20 bucks a month, you two can have access that safe. So, anyway. So, subscriptions is safe. I also kind of think maybe that he was just trying not to actually get drafted. He's like, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go make the uh make the effort but you know probably don't send me over there because i am crazy well i mean but he had you know, like he had a golden trick knee yeah i mean he had this golden how do you trick untrick knee. your knee though uh surgery i guess I, that's he, that seems you know he took 1940s the cat 40s surgery though <laughs> 1950 yeah. like fucking yeah dude his trick knee was probably still not in the it was, best shape was still doing tricks still doing They're tricks like, <laughs> you know what Drink this fifth of whiskey, and we're gonna beat it with a hammer until it starts working correctly. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm ready to go to Korea. Uh, <laughs> when he signed up for the fucking draft, not only were they like, we're not drafting you to Korea, they sent him to a fucking psychiatrist. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> they're like, actually, we need to get your brain studied and like see who. How old is he at this will. point? Uh, this was 1950. Let's see. This was uh, what's 1950 minus 1924. Real quick, anybody? Anybody who knows math. He's 26. Yeah, he's 26 years old. So okay. that's also the other part. It's like you're kind of like old. You're by age now. now the military. Yeah, you're age now the military. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it was it was a thing. You're it was a whole a, thing. You have of two trick knees, a, a trick <laughs> hip, and a trick brain, <laughs> a trick brain. But after the men, dude, like. He immediately fucking blew up. Like, the the movies that he did in a row are kind of what we know Marlon for in his early career. He immediately does On the Waterfront, uh, which he got the fucking Oscar for right then and there. And by the way, in Marlon's opinion, and along with mine, uh, it was his worst performance. I also believe this. I don't think he did very good in On the Waterfront. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back a little bit, though, uh, just to right here. So... <laughs> After the men, he immediately blows up. He does like all these movies in a row that we kind of know him for in his early Ooh. career. Like when you talk about Marlon Brando, if you're a real fan, you know him for for one, Streetcar Named Desire. Ooh. That was immediately afterwards. Um, I will not. I'm not going to get into heavy detail today about a Streetcar Named Desire, the film, because I want to make it a whole episode. To be honest, that whole thing is insane. Wow. But okay. It was. Uh, it was kind of the same effect that we keep talking about time and time again, where these Broadway actors are getting a film career because a studio goes and watches, and the Broadway play it does so well, the studio wants to pick it up for a film, and they usually would use the same actors from the play 
and bring them onto screen, you know? That's cool. And, and that's what happened with Streetcar Named Desire. I mean, they picked it up. Elia Kazan directed the film as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and Brando came back. You know, it was um, it was, it was, was just the whole... Did he have any, any gruff about it because he'd just done it for three years straight? Was he just like, I don't really want to do this anymore? No. I mean, for one, it was the money, but also I think he... Oh, so now he likes money. Now he likes. Uh, he's about to really like money. By oh, the way. okay. He's All about right. to change his tune on money. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got a whole country his, to start. His tune changes on money very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Marlon uh, Brando single-handedly founded Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he founded Israel, he decided uh, money's okay. Money's cool. Money's cool. <laughs> Money is for closers. Um. <laughs> I think everybody in Israel was like, Marlon, thank you so much, but you know. Let us teach you the ways of how to keep your money and grow. <laughs> See, we keep the Howard Stern alive over here at Film History, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, he does, and I think it was also he wanted to immortalize that performance. But also, you know, it was like his second film ever. I mean, it was just kind of like fuck it, like <laughs> give me that work, baby. You know, yeah. uh, Streetcar Named Desire, immediately on to on the waterfront. Like just you know, boom, bam, boom. Let's was do. On the waterfront, was that also? I could have been a contender. Yes, I could have been okay. a contender. And like I was saying, in in his opinion and in my opinion, Marlon's worst performance. I, I really truly believe I, I. It is not a bad performance. It is not a bad job at acting. But compared to what Marlon would do, that was not him. That was uh, I. And and he agreed. He was actually very embarrassed by the film. That's he so thought funny, he did terrible. That's probably one of the most quoted lines in history. I could have been a contender. Terrible. Terrible. Delivery of the line was terrible. <laughs> even even the even the most famous line in that movie was dog shit. Like, it was just... And I watch this movie from time to time. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it's not bad. Yeah. You know, and... It's, it's just it's that's it, hysterical that his least favorite work is his most prolific. Yeah, that that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, he won an Oscar for it. That was his first Oscar. Like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, as like this new actor, basically his third movie in, he's fucking in the Oscars. You know, early in his career, also by the way, as much of a method actor as this guy was, I couldn't believe to read this. Very early in his career, he began using cue cards instead of memorizing his lines. He was a big cue card guy, uh, despite I, I the bet. yeah, yeah. He's like, I, I don't have time to just memorize these lines. I'm too busy riding my motorcycle through women's and boys' apartments. Yeah, yeah. He. This is giving me just giving me a. <laughs> Uh, Ocean's Eleven vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Which is funny because he would wind up working with that guy as well. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But he uh, he said that cue cards helped his spontaneity and realism. He said he felt otherwise that he would appear to be reciting a writer's speech. Uh, that's what he, you know, he explained, and he did a TV documentary about the making of Superman back in the day. And Brando said. If you don't know what the words are, but you have a general idea of what they are, then you look at the cue card and it gives you the feeling to the viewer. Hopefully that the person is really searching for what he is going to say, that he doesn't know what to say. <laughs> uh, some, however, thought Brando just used them because, you know, he just, like you said, he was too busy riding his motorcycle around fucking he, everybody. He was like, I like when they hold up exactly what I'm supposed to say because then I can say whatever I want. Then I can say So you're just, you just want to ignore the cards. <laughs> I but mean, use yeah. it as like a guide. Like, if I felt like sticking to the script that somebody wrote, right. I can. 
but they're also really easy to ignore. Yeah. And what's cool about it is everyone knows I'm ignoring it on purpose. Yeah. So they're not going to cut because they think I forgot my line. They're going to know I just don't want to say what they want me to say. <laughs> as long as they know ahead of time. Once on the Godfather set, Brando was asked why he wanted his lines printed out. And he responded, because I can read them that way. <laughs> it was. Are you sure he wasn't just stupid? He was. No, he was also very stupid. He was. Okay. You know, he grew up in the quiet dirt. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. And slapped around. I, I'm. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. He answered that that race questionnaire honestly. Here's what I would I say. I think he was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm human. Yeah. Color. I don't think. I'm a bit of an off He wasn't stupid in like. Um, a punchy boxer type of stupid. He was stupid as in like, I don't know if he would be able to do a bunch of math, but he was very smart. Uh, <laughs> he was very smart in a worldly way. You know, he was very uh, intelligent in a uh-huh. in a in a societal way. Listen, boy, I don't know if I can do all that math there, <laughs> but I'll tell you something about the world. He knew about people. Listen to oh. listen to the, his his you know his stuff his, in that documentary. His psychotic rants. His psychotic rants to his wall. Yes, Hunter S. Thompson. Same thing. I would not trust Hunter S. Thompson with my homework, my algebra homework. I, I bet he could fuck up some math. Yeah, he could probably fuck up some math. He, he was a very smart dude. Dev could. Could Hunter S. Thompson fuck up some math? If he could form a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> X plus Y. If he could manage to get the words out of his mouth physically or onto a typewriter. <laughs> oh, shit. The tear fucking continues. He he does streetcar. He does fucking uh, I'm a contender. He, <laughs> after this, he does uh, fucking Julius Caesar. He plays Mark Antony in one of his most memorable performances ever. Incredible. Just like rocking the fucking house. He does The Wild One. It's like the first rebel motorcycle gang movie. You know, like this dude started the fucking, like, uh, he, he set the trend for like leather jacket wearing motorcycle guys. Sort of, in a way. A lot of people did. But Marlon was definitely one of them with the wild one. I uh, I found his motorcycles. Oh, shit. What kind of bike did he have? He, well, so in The Wild One, that movie, he rode a Triumph Thunderbird. A 1950 Triumph Thunderbird. Dude, I knew it was going to be a Triumph. I could feel well, it. That's, just, that's what he rode in the movie. But what he had in real life, and this was in 1970... This was his famous, and he got this, I guess, just before The Godfather, um, but a Harley-Davidson, uh, 1969 Harley-Davidson FLH Electroglide. So it's a no Harley shit. Electroglide, which is really wow. cool. Dude, he was a Harley guy. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that is kind of like just the standard. Yeah, standard cool guy. Amer- like you're not considered an American motorcyclist unless you've ridden or right. owned a Harley. It's kind of weird. Oh it's yeah, weird stigma. Like my my bike is a, just as big and looks exactly like a Harley, but because it's a Yamaha, people still like kind of give me shit for it. And I'm like, bro. Yeah, I would honestly, whatever. I would never buy a Harley. I I just they're over they're overpriced it's like to a, me. It's a waste this, of money. Yeah, like, it's a waste of money. A, yeah. Uh, um, an Indian or, or something For else. For sure. That's like Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. I would like uh, what you were talking about, like a cafe racer. That's kind of like my dream bike. These are great for around town and stuff, which I'm sure what yeah. he was doing in New York. 
but they're not yeah. comfortable for like long distance. Oh, like, I see. Yeah. Like that's why the whole point of this is more like a cruiser. It's the way the body positioned on the bike. Yeah. Versus here, you're sitting back and kind of like lounging. And on this one, you're forward. You're almost yeah. like halfway. It almost kind of looks like you're on a speed bike, like a street bike. Cause it is a racer, yeah. but it's not quite as far forward. It's like a middle point between being on a cruiser, the other kind and being on like a street bike. It's like right. right in the middle. But this yeah. one, where is it? This Harley My, that we saw, his Harley sold for $250,000. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Quarter of a million dollars in that makes sense. 20, 2015. Says wow. it's well short of its estimate of 400000 <laughs> Wow. Damn. Yeah, that's that makes what sense, I want. Man. I want fucking Marley Brando's Harley, and I want to ride that bitch around LA. Hell yeah! My dad was a Harley guy, man. My dad owned Harleys my whole life. That was like he's I, he used to. I I grew up on the back of fucking all my dad's Harleys. <laughs> he invented wearing leather jackets. He invented motorcycles. motorcycles. Marlon Brando invented motorcycles in the wild one. And uh, <laughs> wearing those gay little hats too. Uh, those hats became so gay. Like once the village people did that shit, that hat was over with, baby. The leather hat with the fucking bill. You're done. You're done, kid. Uh, that belongs to the village people now, and it is a gay icon, and you can't do shit about it. But so are, are biker chaps. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can't those wear chaps. Be, those were a thing that yeah. people used to wear. Matter of fact, pretty much just anything leather has just been like that is an LGBT thing now, you know. Yeah. And I'm all for it. Yeah, like, jackets and vests are still. Yeah, universal. for sure. But depends if your vest depends how tight that jacket is, boy. Yeah, and if your vest has any sort of you know like leather fringes going on, mm. you know, uh, leather daddy bar and Van Nuys is all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> once you, once you boys step on inside, and we'll see what we can do about making you an artist. Yeah, yeah, I got a leather belt. I got a big fat leather belt for you, and a piece of leather in my pants, um, <laughs> an old Slim Jim. So skins made of leather. <laughs> my, all of Daytona. What trips. I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is my dick is leather. I have a leather <laughs> dick, <laughs> and my I'm gonna make dick an artist. Got shot off, and then. <laughs> Ran over in a brutal motorcycle accident. <laughs> just repeatedly run over so by now, all the guys behind him. So now I just got this big wrapped up piece of leather that I soak in water before I go to town on you. In salt water. My dick is salt water taffy. Uh, so anyway, back to the CAG. In 1955... Brando, he, he's been on this fucking tear for the past five years. I'm talking just like becoming a fucking movie star in five years. In a flash, this dude goes from, you know, the guy who did it on Broadway to now the guy who is all over the Oscars. He's all over your fucking, your big silver screens. Uh, but he's kind of ready to do something that is a little bit more lighthearted. He's kind of ready to do his like comedic, you know, thing. He's ready to stop screaming at people, stop killing people. Remember, Cagney said like, "I'm tired of shooting people and beating women." Mm-hmm. Uh, it took him a lot longer to do it, but Brando's kind of doing that at this point. He's he's tired of I beating women. Different. Yeah, he's he's tired of uh, sending them to the moon. You know. Um, <laughs> So, in 1955, he does Guys and Dolls with old Frankie Sinatra, baby. It sounds familiar. Yep. 
That's old Frankie. He does Guys and Dolls with a few of the Rat Pack. And, you know, Guys and Dolls is this, like, comedic... Is that the play that you were in? Yeah, I was in this play okay. back in high school. Luck be a tonight. Lady tonight. He fucking... I did not know he sang that, dude, in Guys and Dolls. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't... And on, and on the soundtrack, it's Frank. So when you hear it like the radio play, it's Frank's right. version. But in the movie, it's... Marlon. Yeah. It was old Brando, man, playing Sky Masterson, singing Luck Be a Lady Tonight. Pretty good voice. Not bad. He's He sings it with that, like, underbite with his lip. He's almost singing it like a little godfather. Mm-hmm. He's like, Luck Be a Lady Tonight. Yeah, man. Yeah. Pretty good voice. Like, through the teeth a little yeah. bit. And yeah. And he was looking good. This, um... Brando was already a movie star, but, you know, and he's already like the Oscar-winning movie star mm-hmm. at that. When he does Guys and Dolls, when this thing comes out, this motherfucker becomes, like, mobbed in the streets. <laughs> like, this dude, Marlon Brando in 1955 It was became, his Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. It, actually, it's not even his Pirates of the Caribbean yet. Yeah. He's going to get to his Pirates of the Caribbean here in just a bit. But this was, I don't know, man. I don't know what to compare this to. This was, he just, this was, you know what it was? This was like his ace Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, kind of, because it was. It was like a family-friendly thing. And so it made him this, like, mainstream fucking movie star. You know, this is where now the young kids are all into Marlon as well. You know, he kind of did, like, his Disney thing at the time Pirates of the Caribbean is going I just don't yeah. want to compare it because he literally does a movie here in just a bit that's exactly like Pirates of the Caribbean Wait, really yes I will tell you about that it's be like his Jumanji yeah. or some breakout thing like that. <laughs> right yeah Jumanji's a going to compare it to just like big light-hearted fun family film Jumanji I mean, you gotta remember, like, this was Rodgers and Hammerstein era of musicals, so when we talk about the musical era, like, the 50s are, like, the thing on Broadway. Right. is like, that's like a revamp. Right. So, to make a movie that came out as a movie musical and have it capture that same, you know, big brass instruments, big showboating kind of feel, but following it with cameras and a story, I think... That's that's why it was so yeah. popular. It's because that music and everything was so popular everywhere else. Like you know, Broadway stuff was getting radio play. I'm sure you turned on some radio stations. It was just like all Broadway. Absolutely, shows yeah. Shows. No, it was huge. Yeah, and like you said, it was like these big numbers. You know, uh, Guys and Dolls is great. I fucking love that movie. That movie is always worth a watch if you need to. If you need some cheering up, man, for sure. That's a great one. Was um, it a play first or was it? It was. To- yeah, it was a play first. Movie. It was a movie first. No. Remember? Yeah, remember we talked. We so talk. there was a couple. Guys and Dolls was a movie yeah. first and then became a musical. And then Grease was also the same way. And there was a couple others. But, you know, those big. It was rare. Most of the time it was a show first and then went into a movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I Yeah, interesting. I, uh, I forgot about that. But, yeah. Guys and Dolls, it was huge. Go check it out. Marlon Brando sings. He does really well at it. And I would say it's an overall good movie. 1957, Marlon found uh, his first love, or, you know, I mean, his first of his first person that he decided to get married rather than just fuck. Um, oh. <laughs> that's what one. that means. Yeah, the first his first marriage came in 1957. He married a young Indian actress and model, Anna Kashfi. And uh, that lasted 11 whole months, actually. Jesus. It was a very, very uh, romantic love story. Holy shit. That lasted less than a year. 
Because Marlon uh, is Marlon, baby. You know, Marlon, just because he's married doesn't mean he's not out on that motorcycle every night. You know what I'm saying? Look, um, the fish got to swim. Yeah, look, man. I'm named after a fish? The Marlins are swimming upstream mm-hmm. to spawn or whatever, you know. I might be going out every night, but I'm coming home. <laughs> you, it's like, it doesn't count if you're coming home to me after fucking four other people tonight, you know. Uh, One fucking, of them was a raccoon. <laughs> your white T-shirt was black when you left, you know what I'm saying? And now it's covered in cum. Um, you want me to come home to you or not come home? Dude, his, his cheating wasn't even him going out every night. He literally, uh, she said in the divorce proceedings 11 months later, this man was having women crawl through the window. While she was like still in the house, <laughs> he would sneak women into the window of their bedroom and be like fucking women in their bedroom. Uh, she actually, she, dude, it got so bad that they were getting a divorce in court. She slapped him in court, like <laughs> while they're getting a divorce. There's a famous photo of her slapping the shit out of Marlon Brando <laughs> in the fucking courtroom, and the lawyers are just like, "Well, let her go. <laughs> I'm not stopping her," you know. Uh, <laughs> like we've, we've seen the we've seen the reverse way too often. Yeah. Honestly, it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, we've seen her send we've seen him send her to the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, which it's, apparently that also was. Incredible. I think, I think Brando's just a brilliant performance artist, and all of this was a work of performance art meant to draw in the newspapers. The papers, and the you know. Hey, she might have been a beard. Who knows? She might have been like uh, to make him look straight. Who knows, man. Uh, by the way, I hope none of this sounds like I'm talking shit on old Marlon Brando. I sure do love the guy. I just uh, I wanted to tell the truth like it was. No, you history's know. objective. You hey, know? history. Exactly. I'm just giving the history. You gotta get the good, the bad. That's right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. If you can't, can't take the brand, don't deserve the dough. Damn right. If you can't take the Kim Kardashian brand, you don't deserve the tattoo of her kids. You know what I'm saying? Uh, make me an artist, daddy. So, <laughs> make me an artist, Make me an artist, daddy. daddy. <laughs> So this is uh, the time. 1962 is where we're at now. <laughs> what a what a decade! Now. What a fucking decade it goes now. Now we are getting into 1960s Marlon Brando, uh, and this is when he is. <laughs> God damn! I went to Mississippi Public School, and my math is just dog shit. 1962. You know, I'm real smart. I just don't do the maths. Minus 19. He is... I literally just guessed a number. This is 38. I didn't do any math. I just guessed a number. Yeah, I guess he's 38. Well, he's 20... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So... A 19, long decade. Yeah, Jesus. Wasn't he 21 when we started this? Yeah, yeah. In 1950? Yeah, we... No, he was 26 in 1950. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So now he's 38 years old. So, uh, yeah, he's 38, 1962. Still handsome. This is still handsome Marlon Brando. This is like, like this is uh, a little bit before Godfather, which, like I said, for those of you out there who are wondering, in Godfather, he has a lot of prosthetics on. That is not actually what he looked like. And that's, I say that, which it sounds obvious, but a lot of people really did think that that's what he just looked like at the time. They thought he was that old by then. Super convincing. Yeah, super convincing. He was, he was incredible. Um, when you sleep on the street 
often enough. <laughs> yeah, so you, you tend to not age too well. Yeah, I mean, uh, for all we knew, that's really what that fucker looked like at that point. Uh, but he would get much older and much fatter than that. Uh, <laughs> but in 1962, he's 38 years old, <clears throat> and this was arguably, I mean, at the time, it absolutely was Marlon's biggest role yet would come in 1962. This was when he did the mutiny on the bounty. And Dev, I'm sure, is a huge fan of this movie. This is a big, big boat movie. And it was a true story. About a big boat story. <laughs> big boat big boat boys. These are big boat boys. Uh, this was a true story of a mutiny that happened in, I think it was the 1700s, right, Dev? It was fucking... Yeah, um, somewhere uh, in the saying? South it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. This was but was it a family movie that like was super no, successful? No, no, it wasn't a family movie. The reason why I compare this to Pirates of the Caribbean is because of the budget. Oh. Um, this was this movie was a nineteen million dollar budget in nineteen sixty two, and Brando being was the very first actor in the entire history of film to demand $1 million for a movie. Wow. And it was for this. For the $19 million budget, he demanded one of those 19. Wow. Uh, and when you put all that through the old inflation calculator, that is a $186 million budget, and Brando was pulling away about $10 million for it. Wow. So that's kind of why I compared to Pirates. Did, did How did this movie do? Did this movie do well or did oh. tank? Well, it might not have made his money back. This does say that the box office had only made $13 million of that $19 million. So yeah, it was his Lone Ranger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe and he got too big, gas for too much, and the movie just couldn't live up. You know, that kind of makes sense too because he talked about how uh, he didn't like the final cut. Mm-hmm. He he said he had no say over the final cut of that film, and he didn't like it. You know, <laughs> like we'll give you final cut if you give us uh, half a million dollars back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, he wouldn't do that. We, um, we bought out your right to final cut. Right. But yeah, he was like, he was the million dollar guy, man. He made a million dollars. And uh, he, at this time, you know, now he's not against money anymore. Now he's a millionaire. This is where, like I said, Wait, I don't know. What's, what's a million dollars inflation calculator? It was about, it was anywhere from like seven to 10. It, it oh, was that's like right. around, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it was serious, serious, serious money. Yeah. Um, Which hey, even far cry from that because that was the most anyone ever gotten paid for a movie ever at the time. Yeah, still far cry from like what some people make. I mean, if you get paid ten million for a movie, you're doing really well, but it's not unheard of. No, absolutely not. And Those like, Marvel people are making thirty, forty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ridiculous. I know, man. Insane. We got to get there. We got to get there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he was vehemently against the final cut. Like I said, I don't know if I would call this the descent into madness or the ascent into madness for old Marlon Brando, but this is where things began. You know what it was? This is where we began to see who Marlon really was uh, behind the scenes. You know, He got really into the civil rights movement at the time. Um, which is cool. He was like, the dude was literally giving speeches to Black Panthers at rallies and shit. He was, uh, he was hanging out with Martin Luther King Jr. He was like really, to the point where people would protest with signs as he's walking in and out of like Whoa. fucking, you know, the SAG building and shit, you know? Whoa. Um, like people were calling him like a race traitor. They were calling him like an inward lover in the streets. Whoa. He was facing a shit ton of 
uh, backlash for his support of the civil rights movement at the time, and he's he really stuck with it. It's it's really sick that he's always kept that energy because I mean I I, I clowned him for like fundraising for Israel just because that sounds absurd. Like, yeah. give me a spare change so we can start a country. But I mean, that came from a place of like, yo, these people were just done a massive atrocity to. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I, I want to fight for, for their right to like have have the, a home after this. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, that, that same energy is kept up with the civil rights thing and yeah. the Native American thing we'll get to later and stuff. So it's like, Truly a man of the people. He was, and that's one of the reasons why I say he, I don't think he was dumb. I think he was, like, you know, dumb in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But I also do think that he kept himself educated mm-hmm. on things that he was passionate about. He had yeah. a real, like, bleeding heart. You yeah. know, that is for sure. Um, but he really became disillusioned with America. He very much became pretty disappointed with what was going on in the 60s. And Was he, was he Red Scared? Was, I, no. Was, did he ever come up with that? No, I don't think he ever got interviewed by the old uh, House of Non-American Activities Committee <laughs> uh, or whatever the fuck they called that bullshit organization. But uh, I, but I, uh, he he definitely was pissing off some people, you know. Mm-hmm. So much to the point. So when he was filming Mutiny on the Bounty, along with getting paid one million dollars, they filmed this thing in fucking Tahiti. Just like they did back in the 30s, by the way. I want to do like a whole movie on Mutiny on the Bounty because it yeah, kind of was cool. a water world, you know, where they like Whoa. filmed in Tahiti in the ocean and shit. Uh, well, and Tahiti is where a lot of the stuff occurred. Right. The real story. Right. What was the first? It was Tahiti and Pitcairn Island. Right. What yeah. was the first remake in film history? Ooh, that's a good question. It probably wasn't even that far no. in. It was probably like it was- in the. It might have been a Star Wars board. They remake that movie every 20 <laughs> they years. Did. I mean, <laughs> there it, it's were been 14 remixed. of Star Wars. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah. But that, that'd be an interesting question. Soon too. it's going to be like a Star was born with like Addison Ray. You know? <laughs> uh, <All right>. <laughs> 1896, <laughs> the first remake <laughs> in <laughs> film history. Wait, what? <laughs> they made like the French film called Un Parti de Cartes, a remake of. Oh, of course, I remember. Yeah, you know what? I liked the remake a little bit more, to be honest. I thought it was just, like, more to the point. You know what I mean? Like, the first one was cool, and it was a little funny, but the remake had the budget, you know? When did the original um, come out? I have no idea what the fuck we're talking about anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dad, when did the original come out? Uh, 1895, Holy and it was remade in 1896. Damn, they wasted no time. They were like, as a matter of fact, we don't... We, they immediately left the theater and was like, I hated it. We're remaking it. Like, re- reboot right now. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, man, that movie was great. You got any more ideas? Yeah. Like, no. Nope. <laughs> Just make it again. It's only been six months. Make it again. <laughs> I didn't ask how long it had been. I don't I don't know why you're giving me this information. All I said was to make it again. <laughs> and that's what I want you to do. 
So <laughs> Marlon Brando, while he's, he's filming Mutiny on the Bounty. Apparently they remade a shit ton of movies back then. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine if they're doing it six months after the original That's came a, out. They didn't have, like, that was like, apparently like the model was like, if you come out with a movie and it's a success, then the next year you just like recut and reshoot uh, some okay. stuff in the movie. Right. So like people still go see it, but you don't have to like that makes sense. make a whole new film. I'm looking okay. here, and like the first ten remakes of all time are in the 1890s. That oh, makes sense. I feel like if you're using footage from the original, it doesn't count. Right. That's a director's cut. Yeah, that's a director's cut. Oh. Yeah, interesting. All Tweet right. us. Let's know what I the first roundup remake is. Back to the cat. <laughs> so he was making Mutiny on the Bounty in Tahiti, and Marlon Brando falls in love with Tahiti. Surprise, surprise, he loved Tahiti. <laughs> I've never heard anything good about Tahiti, but it turns out it's a paradise with the most beautiful people that you've ever seen that live on this planet. And Marlon Brando was just fucking like plowing through Tahiti while filming Mutiny on the Bounty as a handsome white American New York movie star. Um, and he probably has like a hundred Tahitian children out there, again. Um, loves Tahiti. So... After the shit goes down with the civil rights movement, and he's like, you know, basically being called like the N word in the streets at this point. I was like, oh, why would I stay here? Why would I stay here? He moves to Tahiti. You remember in the premiere of season five of Entourage called Fantasy Island when Vince flees the biz to the beaches of Mexico yes. after Medellin bombs? Yep. And he grows the beard and he just bangs all the locals? Yep. That's exactly what Marlon Brando was doing in the 60s. Sick. <laughs> It was also around this time his career just takes a fucking nosedive. Like, exactly like an entourage. I mean, I imagine if you're not in Hollywood to film movies, your movie career takes a bit of a hit. <laughs> yeah, if you're in Tahiti just banging, yeah, your movie career takes a hit. Not a whole lot of big budget movies coming out of Tahiti right, <laughs> right now. Right, The Mutiny on the Bounty left and they never filmed another <laughs> movie there. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't, I don't know the last movie that was filmed in Tahiti right off the top of my head. And he was doing just like weird art movies. Uh, he did some weird like Jesus movie. He was doing very like 60s movies. It wasn't just Jesus though. It was like Jesus with like a... A peyote bulb on his forehead and shit. Like he was doing, like he got real into the '60s, like LSD art film culture. Really? Yeah, which I never expected. I've never seen that side of Marlon Brando. But for a while there, he was doing very avant-garde acting. You know, it's giving Gary Busey. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, and he was just as crazy. Uh, part four, we're gonna get into his Girl. insanity. The fucking, the movie The Bounty in 1984 with Anthony Hopkins, Mel Gibson, and Lawrence Olivier uh, wow. was filmed in Tahiti. Holy shit. So, like, shit. it's like every mutiny on the Bounty movie they filmed in Tahiti. In Tahiti. Every single They one. just, like, returned to the scene of the crime to film the movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. It keeps the economy running for 20 years and we gotta remake the movie. <laughs> But his career takes a nosedive. I'm sure I'll talk more about this in the punch-ups of part four. But um, basically, where we're going with all of this is we get to the 70s. And in part four, I'm going to tell you about the fucking Godfather comes along. 
the studios do not want him. They're like, that dude is way washed up. He got like lost to the 60s. Yeah, we uh, lost him to the 60s. We lost him to the 60s. Remember in the Sandlot? We lost him to the 60s. Well, I never uh, seen the Sandlot, dude. Oh, man. Jesus. Uh, fat kids playing baseball? No, thank you. <laughs> Why would I want to watch that? <laughs> Throw me the heater. Nothing that sense sounds appealing to me. <laughs> But in part four, I'm going to tell you about how his career was saved by his performance in The Godfather. But that is where I'm going to leave you off today with part three. It's Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Hell yeah. Uh, this awesome. Truly just gets better and better each part. Dude. Yeah. The more off the rails we get, the more <laughs> yeah. into it I am. Yeah, this was, this was like a free-flowing episode, but this yeah. kind of went well. This made sense. This kind of made sense. This kind of went well. I think it... We're Hell doing yeah! Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can, if you want to see how great I'm doing, you can. Get, <laughs> if you want to see if I live or not? You can uh, head over to uh, on Instagram at Drake Cummings on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings on TikTok at Hollywood Drake, um, and just you know, if you're on an internet website somewhere, type my name in. Yeah, you never type know. it into the old Google, the old Fruit Loop. See Google. what happens. See what happens. Uh, you can go check me uh, check our all the stuff I'm working on out at Abracadabra Films and you can just google that and go to abracadabra-films.com uh, Abracadabra Dev on Twitter uh, I just did Ian Beckles former NFL Buccaneer player uh, his show and I shared the link on Twitter but if you guys want are listening you just want to go straight to it you can YouTube the Plant Power Podcast uh, I believe it's episode 24, but it'll say my name in it, and I'm the whole th- third segment, but um, yeah, uh, oh, Instagram, sailor underscore depth, and keep it rolling, 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 rolling. What? <laughs> I love, I love the social media plug of just go Google my name. <laughs> just Google me. You can Google, you can my, Google name my name into up. Google, and you can find me on Google. I'm j- <laughs> I am James White Scott or Jimmy Deloy. It's actually, yeah. Type my name into Google. Just Google it. You will find it. Google film history. You're already listening to it. You're already listening to film history, the history of film. Just go Google it. You'll find us all over the place. Help boost our SEO. <laughs> and you can also find me finally getting that fucking trick knee fixed so I can go to Korea, baby. Because this has been film history. The Good job all. You know what I'm talking about?